Welcome to the Lost Tapes of History podcast. You're about to eavesdrop on the first 10 minutes of a private conversation between a Tudor personality and, frankly, someone just trying to do their job. The date is November 1542. King James V is preparing for battle with King Henry VIII's forces at Solway Moss, and so speaks to his armourer about his plans to get a new kit made up. Good morning, your majesty. Ah, good morning. Can I help you? Oh, the new chap, are you? Yes, sire. And where are you from? I've come from the Royal Almain Armoury. Where's that? In Greenwich. In London. Oh, only the very best training, I expect. Uh, yes, sire. I, I trained under the King's armourer. Remind me? John Blueberry, sire. Oh, aye, that's right. The English style, eh? Mainly. Hmm. Uh, but there were also the German and the Flemish master armourers there, too. Oh, really? I learned a variety of styles, sire. I can make whatever you want. Well, that, uh, that might come in useful. Oh, really? Particularly as the armour I want will be used against the English. <laughs> oh, I see. You might be able to tell me what could be most effective. Ah. Uh, you know the armour we made in Greenwich wasn't created for battle, sire. What? It was tournament armour. Decorative. Decorative? Yes. We produced bespoke armour for the nobility. Ah. Oh. If you need to place an order for mass production of military armour, you might need to look elsewhere, sire. Oh. This tournament armour, though, I might be interested. At Greenwich, we designed a large set of interchangeable armour pieces. All with the same design? Yes. It means you can mix and match them depending on what you need. Like what? Well, it would likely include a full plate harness. Of course. Uh, plus an extra visor specially meant for tilting. Oh, I like tilting. You'd have a burgonet helmet, which could be worn open-faced for a parade or ceremony. Oh. Or with a removable visor for combat. Hmm. Removable, you say? You might get a grand guard, which reinforces the upper portion of the torso and neck for jousting. Now that's handy. Or a pass guard, which reinforces the arm. You might have a manifer, the large gauntlet that protects the hand. Aye. You might even have a chaffron, which covers the head of your horse. Oh, I love tournaments. It's the only thing I'm good at. Oh, yes. Excel from a young age, you see. Best to start young. Well, uh, I wasn't very good at book learning, so... Um, oh, really? I was king. At just 17 months old when my father was killed. Heavens, that's a young age. They made me a sword, a, a scepter, and spurs for the ceremony. What, 
mini versions. That was my first taste of armour. As I grew up, I loved playing with swords and practising my fighting skills. Oh, sure. Kids playing with actual weapons, what can go wrong? Scotland was ruled by regents. None of them seemed to get on with one another. Half of the course, isn't it? And one of them was my stepfather, Douglas. Oh, that's nice, having family close. I hate the entire Douglas clan. Or not? I spent most of my childhood worrying about being kidnapped. What? When I was ten, I had a guard of twenty footmen. Right. When I used to go to the park, the horsemen would scour the countryside in a radius of two miles, looking for intruders. Crikey. There was a battle at Linlithgow. Oh dear. The only reason I was there was because I was being held hostage. Did you say hostage? The Douglas clan told me they would hang on to me, even if it meant being torn into pieces. Whoa! With family like that, who needs enemies? My uncle King Henry paid for a bodyguard for me, at my mother's insistence. That was nice of him. Not really. I don't get on with my uncle Henry. Fortunately, we've never met. Oh, I see. Probably best. My mother died last year, and now his sister has died. Uh, there's no reason for me to keep being nice. No, I suppose not. You've, uh... You've heard about his break with the Catholic Church? It was mentioned, yeah. Usually along with a barrage of swearing. All in the name of accessing church funds. Oh, yeah, he's, he's got a bee in his bonnet about that. If he wanted to raise money, he could have done what I did. Which was? I got the Pope to allow me to tax monastic income. So I got the money from the church in a legitimate way. Good for you. Mind you, I think that wound Uncle Henry up even more. Is that why you're fighting? Mm, amongst other things. Mm, you know, I have a very special mill of polishing armour at Holyrood House. I, I did hear something about it, yes. It has a pole drive, 32 foot long, powered by horses. Seems a shame not to use it. Sure, we can use it for something. My mother-in-law sent me an armourer from France. Quite a gift. I'd preferred a nice rug. He made me some lovely steel plates for my jousting saddles a few years ago, and a skirt of plate armour. And where's he, then? Well, uh, I specifically wanted someone with military knowledge. Oh, I see. I'm sure I can help in that department. What do you need? Two years ago, I set down some new rules for the army. No drinking after 10pm? Not quite. Every man between the ages of 16 and 60 should be prepared to defend Scotland. Well, that's everyone then, really. They had to be ready to muster at the named point within 24 hours of the call. Right. They needed to be fully armed and wearing a jack, gloves and a gorget net protector. Uh, I'm sorry, a jack? What's a jack? 
Och, it's common in Scotland. It's a jack of plate. Still none the wiser. It's a protector for the torso, padded with small iron plates sewn between layers of felt and canvas. What for? They deflect arrows. Oh, like a bulletproof vest. If you say so. I've asked my keeper of the royal wardrobe, John Tennant, to give my personal jack to my lawyer, Adam Otterburn, if anything happens to me. Well, if anyone needs a bulletproof vest, it's a lawyer. How heavy are they? About 17 pounds, which is still lighter than a solid breastplate. True. We can also rest the butt of a weapon against our shoulder. Is that good? Well, you can't do it with a smooth plate armour. It just slides off. What do you use for the plates? We usually use old or damaged plate armour and cut it into small squares. And then it's not wasted. Well, I can easily do that for you. There's loads of stuff around here that I can cut up. Aye, that would be a help. What weapons do they need? Traditionally, we use shilterns. What's that? It's a group of foot soldiers in tight formation with long spears or pikes. Oh, I see. Oh, but they can bring calvins, handbows and arrows, crossbows, halberds, axes or two-handed swords if they have them available. Will they be mounted? Only earls or lords are mounted. <laughs> Any other horses are just used for transport. Uh, will you be there? No. Not allowed. I'm sorry. The English have a well-known tactic of holding foreign monarchs hostage, so I'm not allowed to attend. Right. Okay. I thought I'd go to Loch Maben. Perhaps watch what's going on from Bunswick Hill. Oh, well, that's, that's good for you. We might have won the Battle of Haddon Rig. But we need to learn from it all the same. This was in August, I believe. Correct. There was a raid of 3,000 of the English. Where? They established a camp at Haddon and sent parties into the local area to rape, kill, pillage, plunder and burn. In that order, presumably. But little did they realise. We were ready for them. Well, quite. And more importantly... We knew the ground better than they did. So what happened? We split into two groups. One led by the Earl of Huntley and one by Sir Walter Lindsay. Pincer movement. Exactly. Lindsay's group destroyed the pillaging parties. Oh, well done. Before attacking the English encampment who put up a pathetic defence. What did the Earl of Huntley do? He and his men pursued and slaughtered the fleeing English and captured those worth ransoming. So, what's the plan now? I've strengthened my border garrisons and redeployed my forces. Good start. All the arms and weaponry have been sent south. Excellent. I've also been a bit sneaky. Sneaky? I've told the English commanders I would concentrate my forces in the east. Right. But uh, <laughs> I'm actually going to put them in the West, where there are less English. 
Very clever. What then? My army of between 15,000 and 18,000 men will advance into England around the 24th of November. Well, with numbers like that, victory seems certain. And um, who's in charge? Two options. Lord Maxwell or Sir Oliver Sinclair. The last one is my favourite. Well, you can only have one. Who are most people likely to respect and listen to? Lord Maxwell. But as I said, Oliver is my preference. Yeah, I think you need to be clear with everyone here. Why? There could be quarrelling and dissension. If people don't agree, the command structure could disintegrate. Hmm, I see. Also, what happens if the English realise you're attacking West anyway? Well, look here. Look at this map. We know the terrain better than they do. It won't matter if you know the terrain if your men get trapped between this bog and this river. What? They'll be hemmed in by their own troops. This Solway Moss area is particularly dangerous. They could drown. It's not likely, though, is it? What's the worst-case scenario here? Um, uh, they, they, they capture my artillery and my royal standard. And prisoners taken, presumably. There, there, there are some crucial men taking part who would be ideal, I guess, for taking prisoner. Ooh, like who? Well, uh, the Earls of Castleis and Glen Cairn, and, and Lords Maxwell and Fleming. Well, you better hope it doesn't happen, then. Where will you be again? What, Mabon? My wife is in Lenithgow. I'll, I'll need to get back to her. This is your second wife, isn't it? Aye. My first wife, Madeline was the French king's daughter. Oh, yes, that's right. She wasn't in the best of health, bless her. Died seven months after we were married and only seven weeks after we got back to Scotland. Oh, dear, I'm sorry to hear that. So, um, this is wife number two, Mary of Guise. She's pregnant. Congratulations. <laughs> Due in early December. I think it's going to be a girl. And if it is, we'll call her Mary. Oh, lovely. She's our only surviving legitimate child, so God help her if she becomes Queen of the Scots one day. <laughs> mm. Female armour. Now there could be a market for that. There's a saying in the Stuart family. It came with a lass, and it'll go with a lass. Oh, you mean the Stuart inheritance? The claim to the throne through Robert the Bruce? Ah, I never believed it, but... Looks like it's coming through. I've uh, not been terribly well the last few weeks anyway. Well, if there's one thing I know about armour and weaponry... Aye. Might stop an arrow or a pike, but it can't prevent you from catching cholera or getting dysentery. Next time, it's Catherine Parr and the Tutor. Sounds more like homework to me. The Lost Tapes of History podcast is a Synth 79 production. If you've enjoyed it, please leave us a review and subscribe to get more episodes. To fact check what you've heard on this person, visit our website, losttapesofhistory.co.uk. You can also follow us on Twitter at Synth79P and use the hashtag Lost Tapes of History. 